you from doing your will, O God, because our purpose is to do your will. So we ask you, O God, to search our hearts and remove anything that would hinder us, O God. Remove the the small things that would cause us to keep malice, that would cause us to envy and be covetous, O God. We pray that you would move those things from us, O God, and set us free so we can worship you freely, O God. So we can call upon your name and we can have no guilt when we call upon your name freely, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, wash us, O God. Cleanse us in your blood, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, tonight we pray for everyone here. Father, we know that they could have gone elsewhere, but this evening, O God, we ask you to put your hands on everyone that is here and who is on their way here, O God. We pray, O God, that you would bless them and keep them and help me, O God, so that I can bring forth your word because it's all about your word tonight, Lord Jesus. And I pray, O God, that you would keep your hand on our pastor. And bring him back safely, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, tonight will the lesson. The title is uh, The Privilege of Prayer. And the scripture focus is on Luke 11, 1 to 4. So that's Luke 11, 1 to 4. Developing spiritual discipline. As children of God, we have the favor of the Father. The opening words of the Lord's Prayer, our Father, underscores this relationship. We see that in Luke 11, 2. Um, This evening I'm going to ask someone to assist me with a reading. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, if you can assist me with a reading, I'm going to just ask, you know, uh, Luke 11, verse 11 to 13. Um, you don't have to turn, turn here, but this, <clears throat> Jesus emphasized on the relational aspect of prayer, and that's where it's found. By doing so, he assures us that God hears us, and is already favorably disposed towards us, even more than a good human parent towards his own child. You know, when you have your child and um, <clears throat> whatever they ask, you try to give them. You might not be able to give them all the time, everything, but you try your best. And God is a far better parent than us. So he, he delights in taking care of his children. Amen? The meaning of favor here is demonstrated delight. Tangible evidence that one has God's approval. So when, when you hear people talk about they have the favor of God, 
It really means it's a demonstrated delight, tangible evidence that one has God's approval. When we favor someone, even us, when we favor someone, we, we, can't, we, we want to be constantly around them. There's usually a connection between us and that person we favor. And, and you can see the difference between that connection that the person that we, I mean, the, the person that we are connected to from someone else. It's not that we don't like the other person. It's just that we have a connection that we are closer. <clears throat> it usually works like this. We favor people that favor us. Same thing with God. He favors us when we delight in him and give him honor. The word of the Lord says, these are the one I look on. Can somebody find this for me? Isaiah 66, 2. Isaiah 66, 2. Isaiah 66, 2. Isaiah 66, 2. Sorry. Yes, please. Okay. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Contrite heart is someone with their natural pride and self sufficiency humbled by a consciousness of guilt. A contrite heart offers no excuse. Or shifts any blame. In Psalm 37 verse 4. It says. Delight thyself in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desire of thy heart. Delight here is just saying. Make God your priority. Whatever you do. He should be the center. Delight yourself in him. Genesis 6, 8. If someone can get that for me, please. Genesis 6, 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I'm just pointing out some verses to you here in the Bible where individuals had the favor of God. And it's because of what, you know, they made a special effort but let's look at this. Genesis 6, 8. Found it? Yes. Can someone read it, please? Okay. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord because he was obedient to the word of God and gave God honor continually. He did all that God commanded him to do. We see in Genesis six twenty two. That's exactly what he said. He did all what God, God commanded him to do, including building an ark so that he and his family would be spared from the coming wrath of God's judgment by water. So here again we see the favor of God on someone else. The word of the Lord said, 
I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David found favor in God's eyes. We see that in um, Acts 7, 46. So these are some scripture. It's also in um, Acts 13, 22. These are some scriptures that shows God's favor. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou, uh, thou hast found favor with God. Luke one twenty eight and one thirty. And finally, Exodus. Luke one twenty eight and one thirty. And in Exodus thirty three thirteen, NIV this is God said to Moses, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. I mean Moses said to God, I'm sorry, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. So these men that I pointed out, men and women, they were, um, they had a connection with God. They, they prayed and they kept a dialogue with God and God found favor in them. Nothing can happen to the ones who God favor apart from his, his good purpose. And we see that Romans 8.28. Can you find that for me? Romans 8.28. Nothing can happen to the ones who God favor apart from his good purpose. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Right. According to his purpose. Amen. Thank you. That's what he's saying. Nothing can happen to you. You know, as, as someone who has favor with the Lord, um, everything works according to his purpose. And one thing we should always remember, the reward that God promised us as long as we keep the faith to the end Revelation 2.10. I will try to find that one. Revelation 2.10. Found it. Thank you. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Okay, so when we have a connection with God, we find favor with God. This is the ultimate reward. We will sometimes go through trial and tribulation, but this is the ultimate prize. So we have to keep our eyes on the prize. We can't give up. This is a, this is a big race. When we have the favor of God, we know that our sins have been forgiven. And that's in Romans 4, 7. So there's a physical aspect to it and there's a spiritual aspect because we feel comfortable. We, we, we rest assured knowing that our sins are forgiven once we find favor with God. Amen? Amen. Favor is established through prayer. One way to obtain favor from the Lord is to seek wisdom. Proverbs 8, 35. 
seek wisdom. We do not have a God who is far removed from us. He's close to us because of the cross. The cross testifies of the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. In the most painful moment in human history, Jesus willingly subjected himself to rejection by taking on our sins. Though we were far from him, being his enemy, he sacrificed himself in order for us to be reconciled. What more could God have done to show that he, he longs to be close and have daily communion with us? The cross represents a new era where man can go directly to God in prayer and not through a mediator. You know what used to happen back in the days? Um, they, you know, they had to come to the high priest and offer... They offer the high priest would offer sacrifice to them, but he once a year he would take it into the um, holies of holies. He would go in on behalf of the people, and he had to be holy himself. He had to be righteous at the time because if he wasn't, he wouldn't come back out alive. But when Jesus died, we had we have access directly to him. So. We don't need to go behind that curtain um, and, and, and confess to anybody so that they can take it to God. We can do it ourselves. You know? when, when man does not have to offer an animal sacrifice anymore, God came in the form of man and offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice. The cross marks the beginning of time where man has the spirit of God in his heart that will lead him to all truth. Through the new birth, we have been adopted by God our Father. When we came to him in prayer, it is not in a spirit of fear. Romans 8.15 Can someone read that for me please? Romans 8.15 Amen. Thank you. The Bible uses adoption to describe the process of salvation. Believers are graciously adopted by God into the spiritual family as heir. We did nothing to deserve God's favor. We cannot earn it. It is not because of our righteousness, but only because of the love he has for us. Once we are in his family, we are protected, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. That is a promise. That is a, an insurance policy. Once, the Bible also says, no man can pluck us out of his hand. So, those are insurance policy. The scripture says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is Psalm 23.6. It is important that we know we are loved by our Father. Prayer is an expression of Christians' unbroken relationship with the Father. God will never be too tired or upset with our failures that he doesn't want to hear from us in prayer. Has that ever happened to anyone? You call upon the Lord, you're trying to pray, and you're getting the the, the, um, feedback that 
he doesn't want to hear from you. You know, you're, you're, no matter how close you are with your family, sometimes there might be a little problem and they, they, you know, they can't deal with you this time. But you never go to God. You never call on him, no matter what you have done. And he's too tired or you have done so badly that he doesn't want to hear from you. He is, always has an open ears. He never regretted saving us. In fact, he first loved us and created us to fellowship with him. God is a loving father who delights only in helping us. He is merciful, kind, and long-suffering to us. Prayer helps us to experience the unconditional love of our Heavenly Father. In Romans 8.26, we see where the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. That's what the, 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 the scripture is saying. The spirit make, makes groanings. Um, the spirit is doing it for us. Here's an old hymn that says it all. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. How does the unconditional love of the Father change the way we approach him in prayer? As explained by Donald Whitney, a child of God gradually learns to pray in the same way that a growing child learns to talk. In order to pray as a mature Christian and to pray effectively, we must ask God to teach us to pray. Like we see in the book of Luke, Luke 11, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. We learn to approach God with humility, knowing that we are totally dependent upon him and he is the sovereign Lord who created all things. We should also be confident that our prayer will be answered. So we go to him humbly, but because we know who he is, we are bold in our prayer. We know that if we are connected to him, whatever we ask in his will, he will grant it. You know, we, we, we know that he's a loving God. So we go to him humbly, but we pray boldly. Jesus Prayer was so powerful and intimately connected with God that he, his disciples wanted to learn to pray like he did. The prayer they were hearing around them was empty words with no connection to God. These were prayers that were not answered. A, cur- a curious child is always eager to learn. To have childlike faith before God is to have all our sins and doubts removed from us and to go before God totally trusting him. Childlike faith. Children are are innocent. They they just... Have you ever seen um, like two two children fighting and as soon as they finish, they're going right back together. It's not like adults know, you know, we're going to um, hold some grudge for a long time or forever. 
<laughs> to go before God as a child is to express awe-inspiring greatness. God is interested in the submissiveness, joyfulness, and meekness shown by children. If we approach God in this manner, we are treating him just as a child look towards his parent for total protection and care. No matter what is happening, if a child feels threatened, he's running straight to his parent. And no matter how big, whatever it is, he feels protected right there. So if we take this approach, if we put God in the center of our lives in such a way, this is how we would treat God. We would be in constant connection with him. In the scripture, Matthew 18, 1-4, Jesus told his disciples, Except ye be converted and become, a little chi- become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Some um, adults are attending church for a while and become distrusting. And, you know, after a while they get a little negative. They stop growing, and if they are influenced, they lead other people in the same direction they are going. If we look at the Christian life as a race, these Christians who are disgruntled start having much more obstacle in their race than others. You look at the Christian walk as a race, and you're going to have obstacles no matter what you do. But if you get disgruntled, you are, you are actually putting bigger obstacles in your way. And you are, you are making it harder for yourself. Because God is the same. <clears throat> Very soon, these, they discontinue the race altogether. However, if we approach the race like a child, we will always look towards our Heavenly Father for everything. We will be totally submissive, humble, and we will not harbor negative thoughts. So, you know, the, the, um, a child here, the innocence of a child, uh, can teach us something in the kingdom of, of, of God. We, we can um, learn from them how to serve God with, 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 with humility and boldness. Because children are bold. Children have vivid imagination. Ephesians 3.20 In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul shared his incredible promise of God. And that's, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And that's Ephesians 3.20 God has promised to do more than we can ask or think. So just how imaginative are your questions and thoughts when you pray? Do you, do you just recite, you know, what you hear already or what you know already? Or do you get creative? And, and um, the, the Psalms is a, is a good book to look at because... Those writers, the writers of Psalm, are very creative. 
God did it for Solomon. Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge to lead God's people. And God added other things that Solomon never asked for. Can someone find Second Chronicles 1, 7 to 12 for me? Second Chronicles chapter 1, 7 to 12. Can you read it also? Yes, go ahead, Brother Tom. Thanks. On that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast shewed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people who can judge this, thy people that is so great. And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast thou asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there be any after thee have the like. Thank you, Brother Tom. So here, Solomon, his, his eyes was on God. His mind was on God also, because he asked for wisdom and knowledge so he could lead God's people. And because of that, because he didn't ask for, you know, anything selfish, riches, honor, or, or his enemies, he didn't ask for anything selfish. God honored what he asked for, and God gave him um, exceedingly. And he, he gave him much more than he asked for, or, or he thought about That is what God will do for us. We just have to have faith. We just have to serve him. If our prayers are small and lack creativity, it may be because we have a small view of the brilliance and majesty of our creator. Imagination often opens the door to faith. As we begin to imagine more about a limitless possibilities found in Jesus Christ, our faith will begin to see how the impossible can become possible. For with God all things are possible. Mark ten twenty seven. Amen. Children have been known to make bold requests. The Lord's Prayer is full of directives. Your will be done. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us. We see that Matthew six, nine to thirteen. Jesus taught his disciples to pray with confidence. Children with godly parents are confident that their parent will take care of them. We should have that same confidence that our Heavenly Father will take care of us, even better than our parents take care of, of their children. If we look at the apostles, 
after they received power and went about preaching and teaching, they were bold. Their prayers were full of confidence. And some example, Peter, he was going with John to pray. And there was this man that was sick from he was, um, from he was born. He, he couldn't walk. And he always go to the gate of the temple and beg. They were bold. They were full of the power. They were full of the Holy Spirit. And when they saw him, they told him to look at me. Look at us. And he thought he was going to get some money. But they, did, they didn't have any money to give him. They said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And that boldness, that faith, the man got up and walked. His, his legs were healed from that day forth. Um, Acts 4.8 There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Peter again teaching in the temple even though he was told not to. But he was full of the Holy Spirit and, and he was bold. Bold prayers honor God. And God honor bold prayers. There is no boldness or imagination if we only pray for the things that we can achieve through hard work. If we're going to pray for a car, I mean, it's good. But you know that if you um, save a little money and you work for a certain time, you can actually, um, you know, work out your finance properly and you can (laughs) pay for that car. But when you take a step of faith and you pray for something that is beyond your reach, it is in the will of God because that is important. You don't want to pray outside of the will of God. It's in the will of God, but it's outside of your reach. Then you know that God is at work because otherwise you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be able to achieve whatever you prayed for. Bold prayers show our faith. It shows our commitment to him. It also shows that we are ready to put our total trust in him. Whenever we pray in the will of God, great things can and will happen. Have you ever watched a child keep calling his parent? I've watched this time and time again. You know, child trying to get the parent's attention. And the parent not paying a child in the mind. That child will not stop because he knows, he or she knows that whatever he wants, as soon as they get the parents' attention, they'll get it. So if we, if we look at that and we pray to God for something, we shouldn't stop. We should be persistent. Just as though that child knows that once they get the parents' attention. Whatever it is, they will get it. We should have that faith to know that if we pray today and we don't get it, we're going to continue praying. Persistent prayer in the will of God is a sign of faith. 
If we persist, we will receive an answer. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open unto you. Luke 11, 9 to 10. However, if we continue to pray without answer, you know, first of all, you want to make sure that you're praying in, in, in His will. So, you have to examine your prayer because you could be praying amiss. And, and praying amiss here is just, is just saying that you're praying outside of the will of God. And a lot of times, people who don't know, you know, what God's will is, they just get up and pray anyway and, and, and um, pray for anything. And it won't be answered. In Matthew 6, 5 to 8, Jesus warned against praying like hypocrites, standing in the open for everyone to see. Here's another thing. Because if your purpose is to pray in the open so that people will see you and know that you're righteous, then your prayer has been answered. God is not going to answer it, but your prayer is answered because whoever you want to see you, they see you. So your prayer is answered. <laughs> um, also, do not use vain repetitions. Empty or useless phrase. We should not repeat worthless phrase in our prayer. It will not help. Pray from your heart. And uh, for me quick. Finally, the prayer focus. The prayer focus for this evening. Um, Lord, thank you for the privilege of talking with you in prayer. I'm grateful that you love me. Thank you for being my strength during weakness. Help me to exercise bold faith. Thank you for the responding for responding to persistent prayer. Is there any questions? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to be here to Come forth with your word. Bless each and every one that made a sacrifice to be here, Lord. Touch us. And I pray, O oh God, that we will continue to yearn for your, to be closer with you, to touch you, and to be like a child coming to you. Bless us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.